Welcome to Genesee Valley Church, where we are loving God, loving people, and loving life. This is the year 2022, and this is the year that you are going to bring change into your life. We are praying and believing that this year helps you develop a heart of God for yourself, for your home, and for your family. We know that you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Let us help you answer your call and make this your year. pursue God passionately. This is the year that my marriage gets on fire. This is the year that my home finds harmony. This is the year that I experience financial stability. This is the year that I fulfill the plan of God for my life. Maybe this is the year that I'm going to answer the call. Glad that you're here today. Come on. We love you and appreciate you, all of you that are tuning in online. We just want to say happy Father's Day. We're celebrating you as well. And for those of you that are here in service today, uh, we're going to do a special drawing at the very end for some very special fathers. And so uh, if you haven't filled out a card already or a little name thing to put it in the bucket, uh, we'll make sure that you get a card and that way you can uh, put your name in the bucket. We're going to draw at the very end. But just to kind of give you a heads up as to what you have the opportunity to win. First of all, on the, the simple side, there's a little spray bottle of sanitizer. Now, you might think that that's insignificant. Now, my wife has kind of made fun of me over the last several years because I was a hand sanitizer guy before sanitizer became a thing. You know, it became a trend and a fad and everybody wanted to sell it to you. But there's a special formula that they made just for me. No, not just for me, but actually it's a formula that I like. I like the way that it smells. It's got the right combination of aloe. And therefore, not only does it smell good, sanitize your hands. It makes your hands nice and soft. So that's going to be on the, on the low end. So you could win the specialized hand sanitizer that I use personally. All right? Put it in your car. Put it in your golf bag. Wherever you want. And just think, it's Happy Father's Day. I could give, you could give it to your wife, yes. Or the other one, the next one that you have the opportunity of winning is a special hot sauce. It's called the ghost sauce. So we call it the Holy Ghost sauce around my place. And so it is a great tasting hot sauce. I don't know if you're a connoisseur of hot sauce. I don't like things that just burn your mouth for the sake of burning your mouth. I like to have some good flavor to it. So you could be the lucky recipient of a bottle of my personal favorite hot sauce. All right. Now the next thing that's on the list. I'm trying to think of what we have here. Uh, the next thing that we have on the list. Oh, here's what it is. is It's a packet of scrubby uh, things that you pull it, put into your drill bit. Now, I, I bought these personally for myself. Now, again, I'm telling you these things because I either use them or want them. And so, therefore, I thought of you guys. Listen, I'll pass this on. Now, I like to, like, keep my tires looking good on my vehicle or, you know, my motorcycle or whatever. And it's difficult to get in there and scrub by hand or even use a scrub brush to by hand. But I found these little attachments you can put on your drill. And, man, you can turn that thing up full blast and get it on all 
all the nooks and crannies and saves the time and it's less effort and it gets, a, gets the job done. So you could be the recipient of those scrubby brushes. And the next thing is, is because now we have a lot of people that are RVers in our church. A lot of those people are RVing right now. Got the big travel trailers and things like that. And we personally have a travel trailer. And so one of the things that's necessary is that, you know, you need to wax and maintain your uh, travel trailer because then again, it doesn't uh, get as aged or as weathered. But man, that is a lot of real estate to wax if you're doing it by hand. So if you had an electric little hand buffer that would wax your thing for you, all you got to do is just move it around and it does all the work for you. So if you don't win it, I'm going to take it home with me. So anyways, uh, again, if that, that could be yours. You could just either wax your car, wax your floor, or wax your RV, whatever you want to use it on. And the last thing is that would complete the package is that, you know, you always need a good drill gun battery operated right now dads now please don't shoot me down for for maybe pointing some of you out here but some you know they just want to go as cheap as you can and you'll go the black and decker route now black and decker is entry level you know and if you got a black and decker nothing against you but it's time to become a man today all right <laughs> so you could graduate from your Black & Decker and come on over to the green machine and you could get the Ryobi cordless 18-volt battery lithium-ion and it could be yours today. You could go home and, and, and your wife could get that little buffer pad for you and say, go out there and detail my car for me, all right? So anyways, we're going to do that drawing at the end of service and again, hopefully some of you guys will be lucky recipients and like I said, if you don't win it, I'm taking it home. So praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Are you ready to get into our message this morning? Once again, we're so glad that you're here and just excited for you to be here with us. And, uh, you know, when it comes to Father's Day, I think sometimes uh, when we have these specialty type of services, we come thinking, oh, it's just going to be one of those this messages, you know. And so a couple years ago, we had one of our uh, one guy on our team, and he's actually sitting where Doug was, and he was sitting there on the front row, and I preached my message, I preached my heart out, and at the end of the service, I saw him sitting there, and he had a real long look on his face, and so I went down to him and said, hey, man, glad that you're here. Thanks for being on the team, man. Happy Father's Day. And, and as I'm talking to him, he still has this long look on his face, and I'm like, what's up, bud? And he says, well, he said, man, I was coming to church today, and I was expecting this to hear the generic Father's Day bucket, you know, kind of message and he said and today you challenged me he said you just challenged me on some things that i wish i would have done and things that i should have done and things that i want to do and i said well listen that wasn't a message to get you convicted about the past today's a new day so just make some changes allow god to change your heart move forward and let's make it a good day because you're the father god called you to be amen so my point is this say it with me say i'm here, here. To, hear. to hear so if you hear this isn't just one of those mushy Father's Day message. I'm hoping that you'll get something out of this. And moms, this also is applicable to you. It's not just specifically for dad. And for that matter, it's for our young people and everybody in between and those that are watching online. So we're hoping that this uh, will be something that will help modify and change your life. Amen? All right. So the title of our message this morning is called The Bracket. The Bracket, Building the Winning Family. Now, I realize that might be kind of a weird name where you may not understand what it is, but if you're somebody that pays attention to sports, uh, oftentimes sports or athletics have what they call as brackets. For instance, our college basketball series 
comes to a time which we call March Madness. Is anybody familiar with what I'm talking about? And so in March, all the best of the best teams come together, and therefore there's multiple teams, so the bracket is vast and wide, and they begin to play one another, and they begin to whittle it down team against team till it comes to the final two, and the final two play, and then there's one. There's the one that's called or recognized as the winner. And that's what you call a bracket. Well, when it comes to God's bracket, it's actually in reverse. It starts with one, and it begins to expand, and the potential of its expansion is endless. Amen? In fact, we could call it this way, God's family tree. How many of you know you have a family tree? There, there, there's a family tree that you're a part of, and there's a family tree that you're beginning to lay down and beginning to set the stage for that which is to come, right? Now, I'm thinking of uh, my, my grandfather, and again, just kind of expounding on the idea of that. My grandfather uh, came from Arkansas. He was a, a, a man that loved God and grew to love God more as he got older in age. Now, he had four children. He had two sons and two daughters. Now, of those four children, those four children, I think, gave him 19 or 20 grandchildren. So, you see how the family tree begins to expand and grow rather quickly. It started with one man. Obviously, mom was involved. But it started with one man, the patriarch of the family, having four children. And from four children, he had 20 grandchildren. Now, out of those four children that he had, one of his sons had a desire to raise his family up in the house of God, begin to establish a foundation that Serving God was a priority in his home and therefore for the rest of the family. And therefore, it was just a priority. And so as a result, this man, the son of my grandfather, he only had two children. But he's got nine grandchildren. So I found that interesting that my grandfather that became a Christian later on in years serving God, he only had nine grandchildren, but he had four children. But one of his sons only had two children, but had as many grandchildren as his father did preceding him. Amen. Isn't it interesting how serving God expands and grows and increases your life as a result of this doing the right things for the right reasons? Amen. Amen. And that person that I'm talking about is actually my father. And I'm one of those grandchildren. Now, the interesting thing about uh, my grandfather, my grandfather, as he began to grow older in years, one of the things that he prayed for, he says, God, I just want a preacher in my family. And God honored his prayers. Here I stand before you today being an answer to my father's father. In other words, my father's father's bracket or family tree has began to influence generations to come. You are influenced and you are participants and receive from this ministry as a result of a grandfather that says, God, give me a preacher in my home, in my family. 
in my lineage, in my family tree. Amen? So God's desire is to increase. In fact, for that matter, just to show you how putting God first begins to bless and increase your family. You know, I was thinking of it just this morning as I was thinking of my grandfather. You know, uh, before he passed away, uh, he, he was actually in a coma. We went up to the hospital just to visit him on his last day before he went home to be with the Lord. And just as we got there, he came out of a coma. He started praising and shouting God with us. And then just before we left, I said to him, I said, Grandfather, I said, Grandpa, I said, you know how they did in the days of old? I said, the, 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 the father would proclaim a blessing over the sons. I said, Grandpa, I said, would you proclaim? <clears throat> I said, would you uh, declare a blessing over me? And so he began to pray over me, prayed over me and my wife and my marriage and our ministry. And then he started to pray for my children. My children weren't even born then. But he said, bless my grandbabies. Bless them and that you would increase them as they grow. Well, you know, my kids are so blessed today. In fact, my kids, everywhere that they go, people give them money. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's phenomenal how money attracts them. Uh, we went out of town one time. I met up with a friend, and, or we, we saw the friend while we were there. He got with me afterwards. He says, hey, he said, send me, send me your address. He says, as we were there, I just was praying. He says, the Lord said, send your son the check. So I thought, all right. So my son kept saying to me, hey, has that check come yet? Has <laughs> that, that check come in yet? Finally, it did. I'm telling you, my kids are so blessed as a result of the family tree or the bracket because there was a father that says, I'm going to build a winning family and do it the way that God said to do it. Amen? You know, again, I don't know why I just feel uh, prompted to tell you this, and I think I've shared it with you before, but just how those blessings from the generations passed down. You know, uh, this past year, my, my daughters have been in, uh, piano for a number of years and they've taken piano lessons and so it seems as though we've had difficulty uh, having a teacher that will stick with it just kind of here and there and then well you know let's shut it down and then we'll never never hear back from them well so finally we put the feelers out and we found this one individual and that he said well I'll do it and so we met up with him and we started talking and obviously we never talked prices as of yet but so as he's talking to us, he says, you know what? He said, I, I know you're probably wondering how much my fee is. He said, but you know, he says, I want to do it for free. I just want to do it as a blessing. He says, I know you're a pastor. And he says, I just want to be a blessing to you. Amen. Come on, I'm telling you, the blessings of God continue to trick, trickle down through the family tree as a result of learning how to build a winning family. Come on, say it with me. Say, I'm building a winning family. Amen. So let's look at a, the bracket and how it begins, if you will. The, the, the bracket that God has established for us in our lives. If you'll remember over in Genesis, the Bible says that when God's first family was established, he said to the man, he says to the father, he says, now be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. Now, we hear that and brush over it real quick, but he's, he didn't only say multiply. There's a lot of people that know how to multiply. There's a lot of families that are multiplying, and there's a lot of baggage along the way from one generation to the next. 
But what did God say to begin with? He says, be fruitful and multiply. Amen. So what does that mean? That means that your family can multiply and increase and become better as your family tree or the bracket begins to grow. And isn't that what it's all about? The bracket comes to a place of where it begins to develop and have influence and increase so that it's a winning team and it's a winning family. I don't know about you, but I want my kids to succeed greater than me. Amen? I want them to experience things that I did not experience. I hope that I'm setting a platform for them, for them to expect to trust God and to know God more than me because we set them up for success. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Amen. Just a couple chapters later, we see God speaking to an individual. He says, I want you to establish my family. And it's the man that we know by the name of Abraham, right? The Bible says to Abraham, he says, I want to use you to build my family. I found you faithful. And because I've found you faithful, I'm going to use you. Now, it's interesting that God found him faithful. Yet, when we read the story of Abraham, he was not always the most faithful, was he? In fact, if you know the story of Abraham, the Bible says that he stopped believing in God and says, God, I know you said you're going to make me the father of many nations. He said, but I'm just going to help you out. And his wife conspired with him. She goes, here, here's my handmaiden. Go with her and, you know, start the family. And God says, hey, that's not what I told you to do. And it's not how I told you it was going to happen, right? So we see that even though Abraham was counted to be faithful, he wasn't the perfect man. He wasn't the perfect servant, but nevertheless, God chose him to build his family. He says, I'm going to establish my family from you. And he says, in you is generations. And not only am I going to establish my family with you, he says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Dads, You may not have children in the house right now. Maybe they're older. Maybe they're out of the house. Maybe it's now the season of grandchildren. Maybe you're here and you're young and you don't have children as of yet. Nevertheless, in you is generations. In you is the potential of nations. You might say, I've never been a father. Maybe I've never had the opportunity, couldn't have kids, or maybe you just, uh, uh, you're older now and you just never had the opportunity to have children. Listen, you don't have to be a biological father. You can be a teacher, you can be a mentor, you can be a coach. And because of the instilling of who you are into those young people, you begin to have generations on the inside of you. And what is on the inside of you is influencing and changing the landscape to come. Amen. Anybody that has the heart to invest in the young people is investing in the future. And sometimes it's real hard to get beyond the present day, isn't it? (laughs) You know, you're going through the stuff with the kids. You're like, dear God, is this ever going to end, man? Like, man, I'll bring you into this world. I'll take you out of this world, man. (laughs) But the Bible says this too shall pass and then you get older and then you begin to see the blessings and the fruit of your labor, right? So God has said that within a father is generations. In a father, in a coach or a mentor again for that matter, there are literally nations and the landscape can be changed as a result of what you pour into the next generation. 
You not only pass on your DNA, but you pass along your beliefs, your ideals, your morals, your convictions. You pass on your dreams, and you even pass on your personality. Do you realize that your personality can be seen generations down the road? There are people that you act like from generations before you. Somebody might come in contact with and thought, man, you act and look just like your great-great-granddaddy. Well, I didn't know him. Well, see, personalities are passed down from one generation to the next. You know, I was sitting having dinner with uh, our in-laws and my, my brother-in-law, Salah. I was watching him and watching his mannerisms and how he talks. And, and then I started to think, that's Daniel. Daniel's my nephew. Like, man, Daniel, just like him. He looks like him, acts like him. Why? Because you pass on personalities, right? If you've been watching on Facebook, we've been doing a new broadcast called Seeds for Success. We've been doing it for a few weeks now. And there was a gentleman that contacted me after watching one of the broadcasts online. And he was the pastor of my grandparents 40 years ago. Now, just through the opportunity of family meetings and all that, that pastor got to know my father. And so when he contacted me after watching the video, he said to me, he said, you look like and sound like your father. <laughs> Amen. Well, why did he say that? Because it was passed down from generation to generation, right? You know, about 30 years ago, I was a, an associate pastor it was at a small little church, and there was a family, a man and his wife came into the church there. I had never met him before, but I greeted him as he walked in, and he stopped, looked back, and he sized me up, and he says, you must be an umber. And I'm like, as a matter of fact, I am. And he says, who's your dad? I says, Ken. He says, yep. He says, you look just like him. So once again, everything that we are as fathers, as mothers, as mentors, we pass it on to the next generation. We're changing the landscape and we're being fruitful and multiplying and it's increasing all the more from one generation to the next. We're building the winning bracket, building the winning family. Well, how do we do that? How do we build the winning family? I want to draw your attention to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 25. Now, this might seem as though it's a little bit different way to approach fatherhood but notice what it says here in verse 25 it says husbands love your wives just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish so husbands ought to love their wives uh, so ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. But he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Now it might be real easy to say well this isn't about marriage. I thought you said this was about a father. Did you realize that the number one problem of the family today, the reason why the family is in such turmoil today is because 
of the absent father. Statistics show that the reason why there is a breakdown in our nation and around the world for that matter is because of an, an absent father or a father that is not present to be the mentor, the teacher to help pass on to the next generation. And how many of you know that you can be a father in the house but still be an absent father? I'm talking about it, an invested and an engaged father. So when we begin to look at this, it begins to set the example of what a home should look like. So let's break that down for just a moment. I'm going to give you a, a couple points here to help us see what a winning bracket looks like or a winning family, developing the family tree. So number one, as we refer to Ephesians chapter 5, he says to love our wives or to prefer them. Put the wives first. You know, I've found that men can be some of the biggest babies and some of the most immature little boys than anything. You understand? And I'm not being hard. I'm just saying they never grow up. I just want it all about me. Go hang out with my buddies, do my thing, run when I want to. No, the Bible says that a father or a husband loves and prefers her. Puts her needs first. In fact, the Bible says this, treat her as she's the weaker vessel. Now, it didn't say that the woman or the wife is a weaker vessel. It says treat her as she is. So what does that mean? Oh, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. <laughs> so, like for you good gentlemen that open up the doors for your wife of the car. That's like I said, I'm getting myself in trouble here now. But what, why do you open the door for your wife? Not that she can't, but you prefer her as the weaker vessel. Here, let me get that for you, baby. Right? You're doing it because you love her. Now, scratch that from the tape. Make sure that no person can say I... Oh, you heard it. All right, never lie. All right. Number two, it says to sanctify your wife. What does it mean to sanctify? It means to guard, to protect, to set aside... So that again, you set a boundary. What are you doing? You are being or establishing spiritual leadership in your home. The Bible says that you're the priest of your home. So therefore, what you're doing is you're establishing boundaries and protecting the assets of your home. This is my wife. Amen. I mean, uh, I know I'm a preacher and all, but you just disrespect my wife. See what happens, Right? You say, well, we're in the house of God. Well, you'll be sucking rug and they'll be thinking you're praying on the floor. <laughs> Just bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. And <laughs> yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You protect the assets. And I'm not talking about being rude or being, you know, uncolorful. I'm just simply saying that God has said to protect and preserve and to guard the woman or the wife of your home. What are you doing? You're establishing a healthy winning family number three love her as you love yourself again what are you doing you're setting her as a priority putting your needs before mine and then lastly it says leave and to cleave leave and cleave to your wife leave the home or the family that you came from have you ever noticed that there is a lot of family drama in families and family drama likes to infect itself in your family, right? 
to where the family drama becomes the conversation of your family. And therefore, the children and the grandchildren begin to have opinions and ideas of the family because of the family drama that's been passed down from one to the other. No, the Bible says to leave and to cleave. So in other words, cut off the family drama, protect the household, raise up your children so that they know. In fact, for that matter, we can paint a picture to where they can respect the yahoos in the family. They don't have to know all the yahoo stuff. They can actually esteem them because of the way that we set the precedence in our home, right? So what am I saying in regards to this particular scripture? This is principle number one. I'm talking about a man setting the example so that a young man knows what it looks like to be a father and a husband. I'm saying men were setting the example as to our daughters as to what a husband or father should look like. Amen? I would, I would so hope, and I don't know that this would be the case, but I would so hope that my wives would, that they would, or my, my, daughter, my, my children... Did I say what? My wife? My wives, yes. <laughs> my, my girls. I would hope that my girls would interview the potential spouses of their life and that the standard would be their dad to say, if you don't meet the standard of who my dad is, you don't meet the weight. Of what's necessary. Amen. And so once again we're establishing. A bracket. Building a winning family. Alright number two. Let's move through this real quick. Number two. How do we build a winning family? Number two. Honor your mother and your father. Notice what it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 16. It says honor your father and your mother. As the Lord your God has commanded you. That your days may be long and that it may be well with you in the land of which the Lord your God is giving you. Notice what it says. Honor your mother and your father. And if you'll do that, your days will be long. Come on. The way that you honor a mom and a dad, it creates longevity of life. How many of you know that, again, all of our moms and dads are not the best moms and dads? I've talked to some of you and I've heard some of the sad stories and Man, it breaks your heart. But you know what? At the worst, you could say, you know what? Because of all the junk that you put me through, it's made me the strong person that I am today. And so I'll choose to honor you for that. Because whether you liked it or not, you've made me who I am. Amen? And so because you take the high road of honoring mom and dad, again, it says that he'll give you a long life. Number three, the Bible says to train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they should not depart from them. You, as a dad, me, as a father, we determine the way the bracket becomes a winning family. We determine that. How do we determine that? We determine that by the way in which we train. Have you ever noticed that there's a lot of parents in Especially nowadays. The idea of training children is just something that has flown out the window. Well, we'll let them make their own choices. Right? You know, you've got little two-year-olds that says, I think I'm a girl. When biologically, they're a boy. Well, I'll just, if that's what they think. No, train them. You're a little boy. No, don't play with the Barbie. Here's the little G.I. Joe. Right? 
You trained them. Right. God's put that into our hands of our responsibility. We train them in the ways that they'll go. Amen. So once again, as we train up our children, as the family tree begins to grow and it begins to expand, it's going to look better and better as times go on. The lives that go before, or go beyond us rather, their lives are going to be far better or should be far better than our own. But how many of you realize that there's going to be a couple bad apples? <laughs> if you live life long enough, there's going to be a couple bad apples in the family tree. And it'd be real easy to let the family tree mess with you as though somehow it's your fault. Well, you realize everybody has an opportunity to make their own decisions. And so you can't allow the one or two bad apples in the family tree to define who you are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For that matter, look at God. God's a perfect father, isn't he? But man, did he have some bad apples in, in his family. He had some bad apples. I mean, Abraham, I just mentioned him. He made some bad decisions. David. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. But David, he had adultery or committed adultery and killed the man's husband. Or the, the man's husband. Killed the wife's husband. Right? And you think, dear God, what's the matter with you? Well, listen, not everybody's perfect. And there is going to be some bad apples. But once again, thank God it doesn't define who we are. Right? All right, number four. I said to you, number one, we're going to be the loving husbands to set the example. Number two, I said we're going to honor our fathers and our mothers. We're going to honor our heritage. Number three, we're going to train up our children in the ways that they'll go. And number four, the Bible says fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Don't provoke your children to anger. One of the greatest provoking attributes is pride. I said one of the greatest provoking attributes is pride we have to learn now fellas listen to me we have to learn to move past our principles what do I mean by that I realize as a father you establish principles in your home or we may live by principles and so at the end of the day we might fight for our principles fright fight from our principles and we can say all day long what I've established and what I'm saying is right I am right and you are wrong and they may even admit that they're wrong and that we are right and we can be a winner at standing up of being a right fighter but still being wrong at the end of the day are you understanding what I'm saying we have to be able to move beyond the principles and being a right fighter and being willing to compromise to meet in the middle at times. Once again, learning to not provoke to anger. How do we do that? We have to learn to, or excuse me, we have to be willing to apologize. Number one, I said we have to learn to, to, to move beyond our principles. Number two, we have to be willing to apologize. You know that it's difficult for some people to apologize. Just to merely say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I don't know about you dads. And I don't know that I maybe show this in front of my children the way that I feel. I hope that I don't. 
but I'm always taking personal inventory. And I'm always asking myself, God, how can I fix the mess up? Said or did, should have done. You ever feel like that, guys? Well, if we're going to learn to apologize, we'll stop the provoking of anger. We have to be confident enough to trust. As we instill into our children, we have to be confident that what we instilled in them to be able to trust them. To be able to let go and not micromanage. Have you ever heard your kids say, yeah, I know, Dad. Yeah, I know. We have to be able to trust or be confident enough to trust. We have to be eager to celebrate. If we're raising the family tree the way that God has designed it, do you realize that each generation should get better than the last? But oftentimes, pride will creep in. And when we look at our, our children or generations ahead and see them advancing and, and, and accelerating and doing well, pride comes in and says, well, you ought not be living like that. You ought to be more simple like us down here. Oh, you live up on your high horse and you live up there with all your dreams and you begin to provoke and you begin to uh, 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 criticize. And it's merely because... They have outgrown your dreams and expectations. That's not a bad thing. And they might be living at a higher place than you, and you try to pick it apart and say, well, I bet you're living in debt. I bet you're just uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Well, maybe because of what you've instilled in them, they have learned to trust God, and they have accelerated, and the blessings of God have increased them, and therefore, it is a celebration of who you are. So we have to learn to celebrate the successes and the wins of our children, our grandchildren, and the generations to come. If not, pride will provoke. We have to be humble to listen and to learn. There comes a point in a time where we stop becoming the mentor and the teacher. And we start to hear things from our children or the generations that have gone before. We have to come to a place where I'm willing to listen and to learn. Rather than thinking that I'm always the one that has the right answer. Can somebody say amen? amen. So what are we doing? In these things, we begin to pass on our character, our principles, our values, our faith. The essence of who we are, we begin to pass down to the next generation. And the family tree becomes a winning family. Let me share this with you, if you will. In Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1, it says, Now in Haran, the Lord had said to Abraham, Go away from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house. Uh, to the land which I shall show you, and I will make you a great nation. Listen to these words. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you abundantly, and I will make your name great, exalted, and extinguished, and you shall be blessed or be a blessing. Amen. And it says that I'll bless your generations. Did you hear what he said there? He said, if you'll build the family like I've instructed, he says, I will make your name great. Now listen, as a father, as a man, you want your name to be passed down, right? 
I told you that my dad had three siblings. There was four of them. Nine grandchildren. There was only one boy that could carry on the family name, and that's me. My, fa- my, my dad had two children, has nine grandchildren, but he only has one grandson that can pass on the name. And isn't that what we're longing for? We're desiring for our name to be remembered. That our name made impact and changed the landscape. But it doesn't matter whether or not you're a son or a daughter. The Bible says that our generations will make our name great. For instance, I was talking to my brother-in-law yesterday. And again, from his culture. He was saying that when they... And I might get this wrong, so forgive me if I... If I say it backwards. But the way I remember him saying it. He said when people would address him. His name is Solly. When they would address him. They would not just call him by his name. But they would attach his father's name to his name. So when they spoke to him. They would say oh Solly. Father or or son of so and so. So in other words. The way that they would address him. Was to recognize his father. And that he was his son. So what am I saying? That when we build the winning family, God said, I'll make your name great. So in other words, it could be a son or a daughter, but your name, your values, your character goes on for generations. Because God says, I have put generations and nations in you. And you alone are changing the landscape. Amen. The longer that we live, the more that the family tree expands. The very presence of who we are begins to put a fingerprint on this earth. Amen? Amen. And one last thing that I want to share with you as we close. I said, I said to you that it's important in the name. The name's important. Uh, there was a bracket, a winning bracket just recently. Uh, the, the NBA. Uh, uh, what was the name? Uh, who won? Who? The Warriors. Yes. See, I did that on purpose. When I said, who won? He didn't say, oh, the team that was in the white trunks and the purple and the gold fringe. No, what did he say? The Warriors won. See, the name is important. I said, the name is important. Now, you realize you can run from your past You can disassociate yourself from your family lineage. You can change your name. But there's one thing that you cannot change. And that is your bloodline. I said there's one thing that you can't change. That's your bloodline. From where you came. And one thing that we know about all of our bloodlines. Is that they're all stained with sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. And for all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. But there was a father that said, I want to change the family tree. I want to change the bracket. I want to have a winning family. And in recognizing that his family, the blood was stained and that it was stained with sin and therefore forever separated from him. The father said, I'm going to do something extremely drastic because I love my family so much. He said, I'm going to send Jesus, my son, 
And he's going to sacrifice his blood for theirs. His blood is spotless and without sin. And if he makes the sacrifice, it will cover their sins. And therefore, they can become my family. And it will become the winning family. Amen. Well, that's it. Is this the year where you're going to see some change? Is this the year where you'll see restoration in your family? Or is this the year where you're going to allow God to move in your life? We would love the opportunity to help you in that. If you would like more info or if you have any questions, we want to hear from you. You can contact us on our social media sites or directly through our website at gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church. Loving God, loving people, loving life.